This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. Hello, America. Welcome to the program. Well, the last presidential debate is here. The last one. Did you guys hear me? The very last presidential debate is here. We yes. Are, are you sure it's the last over. one? I am. 20 I days. Am. 20 days. 20 days till ah. the election. And uh, we'll give you the preview of what's to come tonight. And I think all that needs to be said is... We should have the little... The little organ thing going on in the background because it promises to be an absolute circus tonight. Also, I want to start with this. I was wrong. And I need to apologize to you. And I want to start there. Lead with my mistakes right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. I have to tell you, I may be the only person in, uh, maybe the only celebrity, if you could even put me in that category, ever to be abandoned by my own fan club. I don't know if you've heard this. <laughs> Breaking I have, news. I have not. I got a Facebook post from the Daily Beck. Now, the Daily Beck has been around for how many years? A long time. Long time, yeah. okay? 38,000 members of the Daily Beck. It's a fan club, not started by me, started by somebody else, yada, yada, yada. And, you know and they have disavowed me. Oh, no. Oh, and so now God. the Daily Beck has nothing to do with Glenn Beck. And they have disavowed me. So I am the only person, I think, to ever have a fan club that has voted them out. Happy now? Yeah. So there you go. It has to be precedent for that. Oh, come on. Let me have this one thing. No, I will not. I didn't even know. So so the Daily Beck, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been around for a long time. Oh, really? Yeah. Anyway. um, uh, So I, I I just bring that up because, A, I'm sad that. People think that I have changed. I don't believe I have. And I've done a lot of soul searching on this. 
for a long time. You don't do what I have been doing without having soul searching. You read my, you read my Facebook page. Do you think that would cause somebody to think twice? As I challenged on my Facebook page, name one principle we've changed on. Name one. Okay. Well, I, I, wait, wait, what was the big list? You didn't, you didn't get no, a chance stop, to give stop, us a list. Stop, no, it's I'm interesting. I want to get to my apology. I can give you the list really fast. Stop it. None. So, <laughs> um, I, 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 at least me, I have done a lot of soul searching over the last five years. And if there is a change in me, the change is this. I believe that some, in some ways, not meant by me at all, I helped add to our problems of division. I didn't mean to. Now, I've got people on the left accusing me <laughs> of creating Donald Trump. And I'm like, but I'm against Donald Trump. I warned against a guy like Donald Trump. Well, you created the conditions that grew Donald Trump. No, I, I didn't. I think it was the government, both parties that weren't listening to the people, that the people got so frustrated they just want to burn the whole thing down. That's a bad thing. However, I have been thinking about this a lot over the last uh, few months, and especially the last few weeks. And I want to, I, I have a new perspective and I want to tell you that, A, yes, I have changed. I have changed. And I'm going to explain exactly how. And I want to apologize for the mistake that I made. It was unintentional. I didn't see it. But here's what it is. And I want to, I want to ask everyone to do soul-searching themselves on this. I believe what I believe. And I've told you I'm a catastrophist. That's not necessarily healthy for a country to have somebody broadcasting that is a catastrophist all the time. Um, but I believe what I believe. I believe, you know, the parties are irreparably broken. Um, they, have, they have gone past the point of no return for trust. We have lost trust in almost all of our institutions. We have an economy that is on the brink. We have a banking system that is on the brink. Our central banks... Uh, you know, I don't know if you saw this, but, uh, but uh, China is now selling, I don't know how many billions of dollars um, of our treasury bonds yesterday. I mean, it's substantial. They're starting to dump our treasury bills. Um, I believe that we are, we're facing a foe like we did with Japan and Germany. Ruthless killers by the name of ISIS. Um, we have a loss of freedom coming our way. Guns, uh, freedom of press freedom of religion, uh, freedom to choose our own doctors, you name it, we are facing real losses of freedom. And so I've been ringing that bell. And I've been telling you, this is going to end in disaster. It's going to end in disaster. No exits left. There's a cliff coming. That's what I want to apologize for. I still believe that there's a cliff coming. But that is such a hopeless message that I can barely survive. And it's because I have gazed upon the problems. That which you gaze upon, you become. And I have spent the last 15 years gazing upon the problems. And I have 
fixed my eyes on Washington, D.C., the parties, the politicians, the economy, terror, loss of freedom, the culture, Facebook, all of it. I'm tired. See if you feel this way. You're worn out. You've exhausted all of your options. You've lost hope. And the faith that many people now have is down to this. Doesn't matter anyway because Jesus is coming. Oh, well, let's put the party hats on. I feel better now. Oh, well, it's the end of days. So good. Once we get past that sticky tribulation part, it's going to be great. That's your hope? I can't live in that world. I cannot live in that world. And I don't think we're attracting anybody to our world with that. Because A, that's, that's not true. B, it's a bummer. But A, it's not true. There is change coming. And I have told you this. More dramatic change because of technology alone. More dramatic change in our lives coming in the next 20 years than in the than in the hundred years of the Industrial Revolution, all packed into a 10 or 20-year period. That's a lot of upheaval. People will lose their jobs and be displaced, and they will find new places to work. We talk about Common Core and how Common Core is such a problem. Why? Because they're teaching all the wrong things and they're indoctrinating our kids. That's actually not the problem. Let me come back to Common Core in a second. So I want to apologize for being a catastrophist. I'm not apologizing for saying that these things are coming, because they are. What I am sorry for is giving you the impression that there's no way to survive. Because there is. The world has faced these times before. And every time the people choose to be, choose to live their faith, they survive. When they choose to move without the action that faith motivates, they are destroyed. But a remnant goes on. We are acting without faith. We are, and in those days, says 2 Timothy, people will talk about their faith. They will will say that they have great faith but they will not assign the power of that faith to it because they're not living it. So those, under, those over 40, those my age and above, we have to do one thing. Stop scaring the kids because that's what we're doing. We're scaring the hell out of the children. My poor kids, oh my gosh. (laughs) We're scaring the hell out of the children. And more importantly, we we are doing what Common Core is doing. What Common Core does is a group of elites have all got together and they have designed the future. And they say, these are the things that your kid is going to do. And they're going to design your child from third grade to fit the job that they see in the future. 
Well, that's not their job. That's not their right. What education is, is to give them the eternal truths so they can design their future. What we're doing is we are allowing people up at the top to design a future for our children that our children most likely will not want, would not design it that way. The future is being designed by people who are 70 years old for children who are 20 years old or younger, 30 years old adults that would never design that world, but they're being trapped in that design. That's immoral. But it shows we don't have faith in the future and we don't have faith in millennials. I do. I do. I refuse to not have faith in the future. Now, anybody under 40, here's what you need to do. You don't believe, first of all, don't believe in people. Don't believe in me. Don't believe in Barack Obama. Don't believe in Hillary Clinton. Don't believe in Donald Trump. Believe in yourself and believe in God. And when you two are partnered, unbelievable things can happen. But beyond not believing in a man, don't believe my words or anyone else that tells you it's all going to burn down and there's nothing you can do. There's no hope. Because that is a lie. Things are going to be tough. But things somewhere in the world are always tough. Every generation faces something tough. We survive this. The key is you can thrive. My generation will survive, but you can thrive. It's all happened before. You have to find the patterns of the people that made it through and emulate them. See how they solved it. Because it's not going to be solved in Washington. It's going to be solved by people like you. If you know what is eternally true. I know this. God keeps his promises. He keeps his promises. And if you are living an unrighteous life, it will fall apart and you will destroy yourself. Eventually, you will destroy yourself. Look at Bill Cosby. If that is true about what he did in his life, all, everything he worked for, now at the end, gone, gone. He's, not, he's, he's known as a, as a rapist forever. Everything he did in his entire life, over. That makes a difference. If you live an unrighteous life outside of eternally true principles, you will dist- your life will fall apart. And that is the truth about an individual or a group of people, eventually it will fall apart. But it is equally true that if you live the principles, you will thrive. You will break through. You will change the world. You will set the world free. 
And that's our goal, isn't it? Isn't our goal to make a difference? I'd give up all money. I'd give up everything if I could just make a difference. I think most of us would. Millennials have seen us as parents struggle, and they see what we're doing, and they don't want any part of that because they don't believe in any of that. Millennials, you have to know the system before you distrust it. You don't know the Constitution. You have to know what it says before you distrust it. We are now teaching people just to distrust everything. They have to come to that conclusion on their own. And if they live their lives with the true knowledge that God keeps his promises and they act with faith in the ways that faith and eternal principles demand that you act, they're going to set everything right. They have to have hope. We have to have hope. We cannot create a pattern for them. They're going to take our cue from us. And if we have depressed them, that's why nobody is flocking to us, because we're depressing the snot out of them. Who wants to hear at 20 years old, it's all screwed up and it's not going to, so it's all going to be over? Nobody wants to hear that at 20. We cannot take away their hope because that is their fight. We have to enforce them, uh, reinforce them. We have to inspire them and we have to tell them eternal truths. Because quite honestly, they don't believe in any of the other stuff, nor should they. They're not buying the lies that we, after being so worn down over a lifetime, have just grown to accept that whatever Washington says we have to do, whatever the party says we have to do, whatever the crowd says we have to do, they want to be different. Let's encourage them. My Patriot Supply. Crazy things are going to happen. But if each of us does our part and prepares, we can survive any disaster. If each of us do just what we're supposed to do, and don't worry about others, just do what you're supposed to do, you're going to be fine. My Patriot Supply. My family purchased our emergency food supply from My Patriot Supply. Their four-week food supply is $99. Now, that is an unheard of price that's over, uh, I think it's $108 off the usual price. It's 140 adult servings, easy to cook food that lasts up to 25 years. I've been comparing this lately. Forget about the big disaster. Think about the every month disaster that you may be facing right now. And that is, I'm short this month. I don't know how I'm going to make it to the end of the month. Am I going to have food or am I going to have gas for the car? Take that stress away. 140 meals for an adult that'll last 25 years. You have 140 get-out-of-jail-free cards. I don't have to worry about lunch. I don't have to worry about dinner. I got it for $99. 800-271-63 or online with preparewithglenn.com. That's preparewithglenn.com. Limit two for this special price of $99. Preparewithglenn.com. 
the fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This, this is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. The experts at Web.com want to build your business a successful website for free, just like we did for these current Web.com customers. We've used and and looked at other website designers, but there's nobody better than Web.com. Web.com can build your website in as little as seven days free. Plus, we'll promote it on all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, and Bing. If after 30 days you're happy, we'll continue to provide promotion, hosting, support, and maintenance, all for one low monthly fee. If not, cancel and pay nothing. If you're in business today and you don't have a web presence, you won't be taken seriously. Call right now and you'll also get a free .com or .net domain name for your new website powered by VeriSign, the world's leading domain name provider. Call 800-490-1099 or go to web.com slash radio. That's 800-490-1099. No upfront charge for site build, after which ongoing fees apply. Rights to site are relinquished when canceled. Domain included during active service, after which fees apply. Triple Eight Seven Two Seven Back. This is the Glenn Beck Program. After the break, we should talk about this because. I think I understand what you're saying about how we need to talk about millennials and how we have to you know, speak about the future. Um, there is a feeling, though, I think some people might get it, of that it just feels dishonest. And in fact, like if you believe these things are catastrophic, you should say they're catastrophic. I mean, that's what the truth is about. When it's difficult to hear, you say it. And so if millennials here's don't... What made me, you know, here's what made me think of this, and I want to explain it. Um, uh, I think it's Rolling Stone magazine... Uh, is doing a feature on me. And the guy came down and he said, we we finished an hour on the show, and I thought it was a really uplifting hour. And he said, whoa, was that dark and gloomy? (laughs) And I said, dark and gloomy, that's one of the happier hours we've done in a long time. That had a lot of hope in it. And he didn't see the hope. And that started me thinking, what, where am I going wrong? So it's not lying. It's believing something different. It's acting on what this you already believe. And I'll Glenn explain Beck that. Program. Mercury. Program. Yes. This is really, this is really, this is hard to do this job in when people when you know people listen in two minute segments um, because this show is made for you know um, thinking people. This is made a show that is made for people who want to explore. This is not Facebook, where Facebook you read a headline. 
you don't even read the story and you repost the headline. That's not the way you should use this show. The way you should use this show is listen to the context, argue with the context, challenge the the thesis that I put forward, and then come to your own decision. My job is to make you think. And when I was at Fox and here, I try to find the way that will connect you to whatever it is I'm trying to get you to think about. And with all of the bad things that are going on in the world, um, it's pretty difficult. It's actually pretty easy to get people to look at a dark side for a little while. But then when you get them to the dark side and they realize, oh, crap, I think that's right. That's when the normalcy bias kicks in and nobody wants to really look at it. That's why hope is so important. That's why if you believe in good and evil, that's why the advocates of evil always want to take away your hope. If they can convince you that there is no hope, you die. You surrender. I'm afraid I might have done that. Now, this reporter is sitting in the audience, and, um, and we have this audience show. And, and lately, the audience shows can go either way. The audience shows, sometimes it's, it's quite interesting. They can turn on me, and they can come and feast on my bones for an hour, Other times, they can stand right with me and say, great, and I've thought of this, this, and this. And so it's it's a high wire every time. This time was last week, I think it was, last week or the week before. And it was an amazing audience that was very, very thoughtful. Even the Trump supporters were very thoughtful. And everybody was having a, okay, let's play this out. What does this mean? Nobody was talking about today. Everybody was talking about the future. And we had a really, I thought, uplifting conversation because it was troubled times are coming. Now, what do we do on the other side to help people through that? Like I said, even the Trump people were doing it. So we had all come together in a really great place. I get out of there and this reporter says, that was depressing. That was scary. And I said, what? I was shocked because I was like, wow, that's one of the more uplifting things we've had for a while. Yeah, but he's a liberal. Oh, I know, I know, I know. I didn't believe any of that. I, I know. No, even the liberals now, I'm not saying about him, I don't know what he believed. Um, but, but even the liberals know that trouble is on the horizon. I'm no longer the little boy that cried wolf. I'm the little boy that cried wolf because of Obama. And now it's getting worse, and it didn't collapse under Obama. Now I'm saying it's going to collapse some other time. And I've always said that I'm bad at timing. And I'm shocked that it has lasted this long. It shows how resilient the people are and how resilient the country is and our system is. It's really remarkable that it has taken body blow after body blow like this, and we're still standing. Um. Where, where I have made the mistake and where we have and where we have to correct it 
and I mean you, as you're driving in your car, as you're listening, wherever you are, you, if you want to be a part of the solution, we have to help each other because while we've talked about faith, what sticks in people's minds is the horror show, the trouble. For instance, right now, everybody's talking about if this doesn't happen, we could lose our, uh, we could lose our religious rights. Well, even if we get, well, Mike Lee won't do it, but even if we get somebody on the Supreme Court that is a crapshoot, the Supreme Court nominee for the Republicans is always a crapshoot. John Roberts, we all thought was going to be the rock. Look at him. So we don't know. We don't know. We can do whatever we can do, but then it's a crapshoot. And everybody is saying, well, that means our religious liberty is going to be gone. Well, why is it going to be gone? Let's back up. Is it because of Hillary Clinton? Is it because of Donald Trump? Is it because George Bush picked John Roberts? The reason why our economy is at stake, our jobs are at stake in some ways, um, the reason why we have lost our freedoms in some ways or will lose more, freedom of speech, freedom of press, uh, freedom of religion, the reason why we've lost some of that is because of our mistakes. Not necessarily even ours now, but ours over decades. We've made bad decisions. And everybody knows it's a universal truth. You can't make bad decisions without a ramification. And we keep looking for the magic pill, for the remedy to take away the pain. Look, I'm a bigger weenie than you are. I, I, I love uh, Brian, uh, what's his name, the comedian. Um, uh, the, you know, I went to the moon um, Regan? Brian Regan. I think he's hysterical. My son and I quote this all the time. Say eight. Say eight about pain, about pain relieving and how you go to the hospital and you never want it. When they say how bad your pain, you know, the 10 being the worst, you're like, well, I mean, that's like in a fiery plane crash while I'm having a baby. I can't say it's 10. Um, and, you know, I guess eight would be seven, five. And you're always playing this. And his joke is, say eight, say eight, whatever. Don't worry about it. Just say eight. You want that. Um, I believe that you don't have to have pain in the America that we live in right now. I've said this to Pat. He's living in so much pain right now, not because of shingles, but because of his back. So much pain, he can barely walk. And his doctor has given him like one pill a day. And I'm like, there is no need for that. You don't need to live in pain. Know the consequences. You don't want a fentanyl patch, but you also need to balance and, and please, don't live in pain. So, <laughs> shut up, Jeffy. With that being said, with that being said, the worst kind of pain that I've ever had was my crash in alcoholism where I lost my friends. Stu, you were there, and Pat, you were there. I lost my friends. Even though I never lost Pat, he couldn't stand with me anymore. He had to lose because he had to leave because I was pulling him into the abyss. And um, 
So I lost my friends. I lost my family. I lost my money. I lost, I lost who I was. Would you not say, Pat? Lost everything. Lost everything. If you would have come to me in, on my 30th birthday, I sobered up when I was 33 to 35. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't drink, but I don't call that sober. Um, if you would have come to me on my 30th birthday, when I knew, when I knew my whole life is going to fall apart and it's going to change. I knew it at 30. Before anything happened, I knew I could not go on living this lie. If you would have come to me and given me a birthday present and said, Glenn, here's a magic pill. You take this pill and you'll never drink again. You'll never have a taste or a craving for alcohol or being drunk or high or anything ever again. I would have wept at your feet and taken that gladly. But I'll guarantee you this, if I would have, I wouldn't be here today. If I would have taken that, I would not be the man that I am today. I would not have the strength of conviction. I would not be the guy who is, who is trying to lead the way so others will come out of their shell and say, we got to stand with the people in the Middle East. We have to save. We saved. You did. You as an audience saved 4,000 people in the Middle East. We have gotten 4,000 people away from death and destruction of ISIS in the Middle East. That I wouldn't have encouraged you to do that had I taken that pill. We keep looking for a pill. I was looking for the pill in the name, and the, what it said on the pill was Ted. You're looking for that pill, and it says Donald or Hillary. I don't want that pill. I don't want that pill. Because that pain is important. And anyone who says they can take the pain away of the consequence that we all have to reap is wrong. They're wrong. Right now, some will say our churches are being destroyed. I think I've said that. It's wrong. Our churches are being destroyed by what's happening right now because they're coming out and they're saying, sell out your principles, sell out everything that we've said. Yes, it's going to require you to do something that honestly is against 2 Timothy. Read it. It's against it says, these people are going to come and try to lead you. Don't stand with them. Don't stand with them. It's clear as day. Don't stand with them. But our preachers are telling us, go ahead, stand with them. Well, that's not right. That's not right. And the reason why is because, well, the Supreme Court, I need a Band-Aid. Well, because of religious liberty, I need a Band-Aid. We may not deserve religious liberty because it means nothing to us because we haven't had to struggle for it. We haven't had to struggle for anything. The persecution that is coming is going to make us stronger. It's going to make us better. I don't wish for it. I don't want it. I've done everything I can to avoid it. I've warned against it. I've done everything. And I'm certainly not saying surrender to it. I'm saying, hold 
fast to your principles and those truths that you know are eternal, and then put your faith solely in God, that everything that happens will be used for her, his purposes. Everything will be used for his purposes. No matter how bad it looks, it will be for our good. Have true hope there. Have joy there. If you would have offered me the pill, I'd say, I don't want to go through that. But now I'm through that, I'm glad I went through that. I know how good that was for me. I know I'm saying to you right now, don't take the pill. Don't take the pill. And you might not thank me for 10 years. You may not thank me my whole life, but your children may. Because it will be good in the end. It will be good if and only if we stand with eternal principles that are immovable. Those Jews who went to the camp and they still brought their headscarves and their, their prayer shawl, those people, those are the people that gave everybody else hope and those are the people responsible for the, uh, the reforming of the state of Israel. And now this. We all use Blinds.com, all of us. Uh, well, Jeffy, because he doesn't have uh, windows, he has bars. But they changed the way window treatments are purchased. Um, and they've changed the way. They started doing this in the 90s. This is why they are the number one blind shade shutters and drapes uh, outfit on the Internet anywhere in the world. They are massive because they started when nobody would. It would took you an hour to download a picture. And everybody's like, what are you doing? Nobody's going to buy anything online. They started then, and they started it when it was really hard, and that's why they're so good at it now, because they've mastered this and made it impossible for you to mismeasure, impossible for you to um, regret your decision. 100% satisfaction guaranteed. If you mismeasure, if you pick the wrong color, they remake them for free. Nobody else does business like this. Receive site-wide 20% discount right now through October 31st when you use the promo code BECK. Go to blinds.com for blind shade, shutters, or drapes. Promo code BECK, 20% discount now through October 31st. That's blinds.com. Blinds.com. Promo code BECK. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Glenn Beck Program. So, here's what's interesting. Tonight, the uh, the last debate. I'm actually kind of excited for this one because it's the last one. 
Ah, <laughs> it's the last one after well, a year. I, I walked in today. We have this little marquee in the building where we put up little messages, yeah. and someone put up 21 days left. Obviously, yesterday, uh, it's now 20 days left. And it's like it was just walking in here was like the greatest moment I can think. <laughs> the last like six months walking into this place, yeah. it was the best moment I've had. So um, we have to talk about tonight and what's coming. Um, but I will tell you, there is something that happened yesterday that, to me, shows the towel has already been thrown in. Uh, and Bye. I'll tell you when we, when we come back. Also, Steven Crowder is coming up. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Last debate. Let me say it again. With oh, yes, yes. The last. Debate. It's almost erotic, isn't it? <laughs> the last debate hey. of the campaign season is happening tonight. We'll talk about that. Also, the media and how we are actually creating a media that is even worse than the media we're now rejecting. I saw a video from Stephen Crowder this weekend that was so right on the money. I wanted him on to be able to explain it to you. The media that we are creating, and quite honestly, the media that we have now invested an entire year in creating, and we didn't even realize what we were doing. Steven Crowder joins us right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Crowder.com. Stephen Crowder is with us. Stephen, you did an amazing video this weekend, and I wanted to have you on to explain, um, you know, we all stand against the media, and the media is corrupt, and the media is biased, but uh, we're creating something even worse, and we don't even know we're doing it. Will you explain? Yeah, well, thanks. It's, it's unfortunate. It's one of the ironies here where I know we've talked about this working for years going, all right, the mainstream media is, is, is going away. There are no more gatekeepers. You now you can have the blaze. I can have Blotter with Crowder, the YouTube channel. Anyone can get a message out. And that's great. What's changed and people don't realize in, in the age of social media, YouTube, Facebook, this sort of algorithm based feed, they've just become the mainstream media gatekeepers. Now, it's easy for people to say, well, it's really liberal because of Mark Zuckerberg, and it's true. He leans to the left. It's true most people who run social media lean to the left. However, they are beholden to a profit motive. And in today's age with media, their profit, only, they can only generate a profit if they tell you what you want to hear. Think about this. Whenever you like an article, let's say you're pro-Trump, let's say you're pro-Hillary. You like Hillary Clinton's polls are doing well, right? It'll then say, hey, you may also like and show you a pro-Hillary Clinton article. It doesn't say... You may also really need to hear, or you may also really need to get your crap together on this issue. It's, oh, 
you like everything that's anti-Trump. We'll show you everything anti-Trump. And then the pro-Trump people only read everything that's anti-Hillary. And so we get to a point, Glenn, you, you, you've run into this, where if you merely cite a fact, even if you agree with the Republican Party, even if you agree with this person, for six months, they have had a news feed where they have heard nothing but exactly what they want to hear. And I don't mean people lean this way. I mean that social media and advertisers are beholden to only telling you exactly what you want to hear. Otherwise, they don't make it to your feed. You go six months in and people on both sides of the spectrum now have not heard a single dissenting viewpoint. And this happens on the right and the left. And it's really accelerated to a point where if you just say, nah, you know what, gosh, this new swing state poll from Pennsylvania doesn't look good for Donald Trump. You're working for Hillary. You're a shill. No, 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 no. This, this is a poll. You're rigging the polls because that's what they've been reading. It, it's a scary thought. Mm. I will tell you this. I talked about this, Stephen. It was so amazing that you posted this because this weekend, um, uh, I was looking at my Facebook page, and it's, it's remarkable. My Facebook page, if I post something um, at all anti-Hillary, it's huge. I post right. anything even pro-Trump on my Facebook page, and it gets about 200 likes, which is abysmal for somebody who has 3.5 million followers. Um, uh, I post... I post something very, very positive about nothing, and it'll, you know, it'll pop up 14,000 likes, and it'll happen quickly. Right. What I was looking at was, wow, I can tell you exactly what my audience wants, and what they don't want from me is anything on Trump. So do I continue to give it? Well, I happen to believe that we have to be curious we have to be honest, and we have to know the other side of the argument. We cannot right. just be feeding the same things that we want to hear, or we disable ourselves. But most right. people in the media are not like that. They only care about the clicks. They only care about well, the money. You're exactly right. And, you know, we've talked about this. I've never been on the hashtag Never Trump because... I always think people can be redeemed. I understand my producers voting for Trump, uh, albeit begrudgingly. Jared is. I know plenty of people who are making the lesser of two evils argument. I entirely get that. I think that's a valid position, whether people agree with it or not. However, people simply lying on either side of the spectrum. Good example, Glenn. I was talking with Stu about this. I saw this trend. It's a Glenn Beck endorses Hillary Clinton. I was going, well, oh. wow, that sounds that sounds weird. And I go, wait, hold on a second. This isn't taken from the Vice interview, is it? Where Glenn personally said he's voting for the Constitutional Party representative, <laughs> and he said he wasn't. And I watched him and went, oh, that's the clip. But someone runs it with a headline that says, Glenn Beck officially endorses Hillary Clinton. Guess what? The people who maybe don't like you, the people who think you're super anti-Trump, they like it, like it, like it, like it, share it without even reading it. And all of a sudden, because people are consuming only exactly what they want to hear, People believe that you're officially working for the DNC. I know we wouldn't want to laugh on it because it's probably a sore spot, but it shows you how absurd <laughs> it's gotten. I watched the actual video, and in it you were saying, I am not endorsing Hillary Clinton. It's, 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 it's mind-boggling. So here's, what, here's where it goes further, Stephen. I'd love to hear your comment on this. If you, if you like that, if you share that, it also pulls things like it. And that particular story was made uh, particularly famous on the right uh, by being pushed by a guy named Hal Turner. Hal Turner is a Holocaust denier 
<laughs> neo-Nazi, really bad guy. And I went to his website because I, I wanted to find out who this guy was. And I looked at his website and I saw several stories that he had churned out that are in the, the, my Facebook wall where people are, you know, well, this Glenn Beck needs to know this is going on. And I'm like, wow, because they posted this, it may have sucked up into their, into their ecosystem other stories from him. And they have no idea what is now steering their, their quote-unquote newsroom, if you will. Right. And, you know, I have one speaking of that that's actually it's kind of funny. But let me just let me go with it because it's going to start off sounding not really funny. But people send me horrible anti-Semitic stuff. I mean, I, you know, just like Ben Shapiro. Right. People will send me pictures of of me in, in gas chambers or stuff like that. Are you um, Jewish? And it was being shared a lot until you- until these people found out I wasn't Jewish. And so oh, it's okay. all anti-Semitic <laughs> stuff that I was getting for weeks. And people just shared it because no one thought like, hey, maybe Crowder uh, is not a Jew. Maybe he's not Jewish. But again, they're in their own ecosystem. So no one even thinks it's like, hey, you know what? I know we're all Holocaust denying anti-Semitic jackasses, but I don't even think Crowder is Jewish. So this went on for months. And that's no one actually. This is what happened with Hollywood. Right. We've always complained about this. And now it's happening to everybody in the age of social media. Again, the parallel there is narcissism. Tom Hanks once came out and said, World War II was spurred on by fear and racism and xenophobia. I remember he said it on MSNBC, and the reason he said it is because he's been saying this behind closed doors for so long, and nobody, because he's Tom Hanks, is going to say, what? <laughs> big, big, big pardon? Well, that's what's happening now, only it's a, it's a, a media feed. Let me give you a really kind of short example. A mom logs on to Facebook, signs up for the first time. Okay, she's pro-Trump. A daughter logs on to Facebook, signs up for the first time during this election season. She's pro-Hillary. One likes Trump, one likes Hillary. Comes up, polls are rigged. The mom likes this. Comes up, the election is rigged. Mom likes this. The daughter sees Hillary Clinton's winning in the polls. She likes it. The daughter sees Trump Foundation. She likes it. The mom sees WikiLeaks. She likes it. Now, here's the deal. They don't like anything from the other side of the social media spectrum. Six uh, Six months in... And I I don't misuse the term literally. It makes me insane when people misuse it. Six months in, you could have two people, mother and daughter, who have literally never seen one post, never seen one news story that would even expose them to a different opinion. And that's by design because these social media uh, quagmires need to make money. And they only make money by telling you what you want to hear. That's the concern here, whether right or left. People are beholden to telling a lie if it encourages more clicks. And, and everyone wants to do well. Everyone wants ratings to do well. That's fine. I understand it. Making a good title. That's been called a lead for decades. We understand that. But lying about something, that's crossing over into new territory. And you are seeing that across the political spectrum right now because of the upheaval. People don't know how to handle this media. And this is how they figured out to do it. It's awful. It's amazing because, I mean, I, the, the perfect example I would uh, give, and you've given many really good ones, is, is the uh, online polls. Now, look, I yeah. obviously don't like Donald Trump, and, you know, people know that. So they're, they're looking at me skeptically if they're Trump fans, and, and I get that. But it's like, this is not a questionable thing. An online poll means nothing. Zero. And when you're talking about, like, the, oh, well, he won the Drudge Report poll, how can you, how can you deny that one? These people make this argument with no check on that. This is not a controversial point. 
it's not a point where I'm like adding in my opinion. Oh, well, I don't really believe those polls. It literally means nothing. And so many people, when particularly when media personalities come out and tout types, those types of things, send their own listeners into this abyss where they, the listeners, look like morons for parroting what the, the, the personalities say. And I don't know how you do this because it, it, in a way, and I'm sure liberals would point this out, it's essentially the, the free market run amok. Like, yes, there's a profit motive here. And it, but it does create this problem. And I wouldn't advocate as a, as a conservative for, for everyone to step in and then start controlling the information that you feed. How do you solve this, Stephen? Right. Well, it's kind of like, remember when we'd be at CPAC and all of a sudden somebody bust in a few uh, college pot party members and Ron Paul won every single straw poll. Right. And we just kind of said, we just kind of said, oh, I guess a few people showed up with weed belt buckles and T-shirts. Yeah, that makes sense. And we moved on down the trail. Um, only now that's happening. on a, And by the way, I know not all Ron Paul supporters are potheads. I like Ron Paul. I like his son Rand. Just hold your hate tweets uh, before you go off. Just but like a just Jew of, to say that. Yeah, yeah I, know, I know. But, um, I mean, now it's on a national level, like you're talking about. Again, same thing. You know, we're talking about that. You could host a poll on one of these sites. What do you do with the evil Jew, Stephen? And you could probably get 20,000 people to vote without even realizing that I'm not Jewish. So this is the nature of online polls. They're not scientific. Right, I think as so- it relates to Trump, I tweeted this out this morning. I said, I think Trump has a far greater chance of winning than the media gives him credit for. And I think he has a far less chance of winning than his hardcore supporters are guaranteeing. I got tweets back saying, you're going to be wrong when he wins in a landslide. I said, well, hold on a second. How does that make my statement wrong? It doesn't make it wrong at all. I'm just saying that both sides have completely shut it off. And they're completely glib to the realities of an opposing viewpoint. And it really is a bizarre time because the right didn't used to be this way. And I don't think it's a concerted effort. I think we've all just sort of been tossed into this this tumbler of social media and it's been shaken up and people are trying to figure out how media works nowadays. So if people out there want to avoid it, what I do recommend, and I always say this on my show, I know, Glenn, you've done this too. I never encourage people to eliminate information. I say, listen, set Huffington Post, Salon, Daily Cut, all the liberal sites, Set them to your favorites and check them every morning and set some conservative sites. Check them every morning in addition to social media. That way you're guaranteed to know what the other side is saying. You have to be proactive. Otherwise, it'll it'll get the best of you before you even realize it. Stephen, as always, great talking to you, brother. Louderwithcrowder.com. Louderwithcrowder.com. Stephen Crowder, he does does an amazing job. And he... um, uh, he did this video this weekend on this and it spelled it out perfectly. I don't know why he was wearing a skin uh, wig and looked like a 50-year-old pot-bellied man while he did it. Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, he's very, very funny and very, very smart. I don't know how you solve that, though. I Solve it by what he just said. Yeah, at the end. you're saying that by people taking responsibility for themselves. Okay, right. beyond that, let's just dismiss that possibility for just a moment. Because, <laughs> I mean, look... I, you know, I have. A, I, We're not going to change the world. Right, uh, we can change ourselves, and we can change our, our our small circle of influence. That's all you have to change. Yeah, I know. I, I but it's a it's a big issue. Like I have a friend who you know respect uh, who uh, who came to me the other day and was like, "Look, did you guys hear that uh, that uh, Hillary Clinton had a teleprompter embedded into her uh, podium at the debate? <laughs> She's got one embedded in her eye. Yeah, embedded yeah. in her eye. Maybe that was what it. I, one embedded in embedded her in her eye. eye. Seriously, that was answers a, through a, a teleprompter contact, contact lens. lens. Right. Oh yeah. Now, some crazy idiot conspiracy theorist came up with this 
more. I mean, look, if she had that, she should have done a better job in the debate. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, she, she wasn't even good. No kidding. They haven't hammered out all the. I mean, that's what made her pass out the, at the nine eleven thing in the computer. <laughs> right, and so, but but I mean, like, it's because they happen to be a Trump supporter and happen to dislike Hillary. That is where they're getting this information. Yep. They're not checking it. They're never going to it a continues. source. They're never judging the source they come from. And you know what? The average person wouldn't do that. Never in history has a person ever needed to do that. That's what people like, you know, we do here on the show. It's what people like uh, you know, the media does. And because the media has done a bad job and, and, is, and has opened the door to a lot of this, that's part of it. Uh, and, you know, it's also, I think, social media, as Stephen was saying, these things reinforce themselves. And so, like, if you've heard... We, if you've heard nonstop for six months about how Hillary Clinton is planning to put a teleprompter in her eye, well, of course you're going to believe when someone reports that she put a teleprompter and they do. in her eye. And, and they, they do. do. And I don't know how the heck you solve that. I don't no. either. I tell you, 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 you have to read. I, I read the Huffington Post every day. I, I read but, the Drudge Report every nobody's day. Nobody's going to do that. No. Well, nobody's going to do I mean, have I'd... it in your feed so you at least mm. see what they're saying. Love to change the world. Uh, no, just change yourself. Do. Just change yourself. Now, already awesome. How much was, how much was the last mattress that you purchased? Fifteen hundred dollars, maybe two thousand. Fifteen hundred, I wish. My mattress. How much did you pay for your mattress? I think it was. Well, it was a lot. It was like forty five hundred dollars. Oh my gosh! For, and for nice beds, though. I mean, now that's you know, before I, I bought the Casper. That's yeah. before we got the Casper. This is less than a thousand dollars. Yeah, this is less than a thousand dollars, and that's top of the line. That's the king size, and it is the best night's nice sleep you will have. Casper mattress, you're going to love it, but don't take my word for it. Try it out for 100 nights. If you don't like it, they will refund every dime and come pick it up. Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. It's delivered in a box that you're like, how is that mattress in this little box? The mattress people do a good job because they said, well, how much time do you spend in your car? What do you spend on your car? You spend a lot more time on your mattress. Why don't you spend more on your mattress? But you don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have you to. You don't have to when you go with Casper. Try one in your home for 100 nights, risk-free. If you don't love it, they'll pick it up, refund everything. Go to Casper.com, use the promo code BECK. You get $50 off the purchase of your mattress. Terms and conditions do apply. Casper.com, offer code BECK. $50 off, off the purchase of your mattress. Casper.com, offer code BECK. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Glenn Beck program. So tonight is the uh, tonight is the last debate of the presidential uh, election, which is unbelievable. Yeah. Um, let me give you a theory. Uh, Donald Trump could have won this. Could have won this. Hillary Clinton is the worst worst candidate of all time. Of all time. No reason my shoe couldn't have won against her. But my shoe needed discipline and needed to be focused. And if, and if my shoe had made it with other shoes or was doing other things with other shoes in the past, my shoe should have led with that at the first place to inoculate themselves. What we said a year ago, we said, look, these things are going to come out. We know because we have them from the BBC. The, the London papers are already reporting these things. Nobody's reporting them here because they want him to be the candidate. 
He should get these things out right now. And people were saying, you just want uh, Ted Cruz. No. If you want him to win, he's got to get these out right now so it's a year old. And then move on. So we've already addressed that a year ago. And move on with your life. But instead, everybody just kept going, and he didn't even do any, uh, he didn't even do any opposition research, so he had no idea what was being said. He comes out. He's holding his own. He's actually beating Hillary because he's listening to Roger Ailes, and he's starting to look presidential, and it's moving forward. They start coming out with these personal things, and he falls apart. He jettisons Roger Ailes and stops listening to him, and starts listening to Steve Bannon. And since that moment, this campaign has gone off the rails. Now, tonight, he has one more opportunity to make it happen. And here's why I don't think it will. He's bringing Barack Obama's half-brother from Kenya in to sit in the audience. Now, let me ask you, who, who is an undecided person is that going to attract? I was going to vote for Hillary until I saw Obama's half-brother there. Now I'm all about Trump. All he's doing, (laughs) all he's doing, he's drilling deeper into his base. He's so showing, yeah, see, I was the guy about the birth certificate. Uh, And this is the presidency, it's about the afterword. It's it's about his television network now. Yeah, because it's about nothing to do with the presidency. Hardening his base to say, see, I'm the only one. It's not about winning the presidency anymore. He has one more chance tonight to look presidential and to beat Hillary Clinton. The Glenn Beck Program. sick freak let's go to ezra in washington hello ezra you're on the glenbeck program hi glenn hi hey i just wanted to uh comment on um i've heard you many times talk about you know you you, your part in being divisive and and with with your responsibility and everything and i just uh i feel like i want to give you a different perspective on what i feel um i kind of actually feel it's a positive thing because you know so many times when you're making thoughtful arguments whether it be on the first or second amendment or a social issue like abortion, you're actually causing people to think about what their position might be. And like you said earlier on the show, when you're living in a day and age where everyone just reads a headline and uh, takes it for what it's worth without even doing any research, it's really hard to get that across. So when you're making all these thoughtful arguments, the consequences, you're going to divide people because they might stand against you and they might not like your position but there's going to be others who maybe aren't awake, but they're going to hear your thoughtful argument and they're going to say, you know what? He's right. And so you might actually bring more people into the boat and you've probably been less divisive than you actually think you're being. <laughs> Bless oh, you. I appreciate no kidding. That's right. No <laughs> kidding. I appreciate that. I just, I don't want to ever get, um, I don't ever want to get so, um, 
uh, headstrong that I'm not questioning everything that I'm doing and figuring a better way to do it. And that's just, that's just the way I am, um, trying to be um, uh, better at my job. I will, I mean, I think it's clear, Ezra, uh, by listening to me, I, I'm not going to change what I believe, uh, and I'm certainly not going to stop saying, hey, warning, there's some trouble coming our way, if that's what I, if that's what I really believe. But is there a better way to do it to be able to have that message go further. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm, I'm trying to find it. Thanks You're doing for a great job. And, and I didn't know I was a constitutional conservative until I started watching your show. Um, I'm a Blaze subscriber now, and I, I also paid for my parents to get a Blaze subscription. So nice. I'm, <laughs> you know, so I'm, 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 I'm doing my job, and I'm trying to do the best I can. I'm only Ezra, 40, be- so I don't have it all figured out. But, you know, you've helped me in so many ways, and I really appreciate it. Your, your whole staff thank is you. just amazing. So Before, you, before you, you came much. to the conclusion of being a constitutional conservative, what did you think you were? I thought I was a Democrat. <laughs> oh, did you really? Wow. Did you really? Yeah. Wow. Well, That's and, and it's not because I had any information. It was just because yeah. I was brought up. My parents, right. you know, or, or mm-hmm. not my dad, but my mother was a Democrat, and People around me said, nope, you're a Democrat. It was just, it was always instilled in me that that's what I was. And actually, when I started watching um, uh, Glenn on Fox, I started paying attention and I was like, oh, this guy's kind of interesting. And so <laughs> um, I started following it. And then actually, when I started, like I said, back to my other point, when I started um, hearing your arguments on things, it really forced mm-hmm. me to take a look at what I believe and what I, you know, thought about different issues whether it be, you know, politics or social. So um, then I was able to come to the conclusion of what I believed, and I was like, wow, I'm not even close to a Democrat. <laughs> you know, I was a huge yeah. Ted Cruz supporter, and uh, still am. And uh, Interesting. So, Us too. Ezra, thank but, you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you for your call. Uh, let me go to Mason in Minnesota. Hello, Mason. You're on the Glenn Beck program. Hi, Glenn. I'd like to start off by saying I'm a millennial. Um, and you're right. There are a lot of millennials who just do not understand the Constitution. And I really, um, I appreciate you sounding the bugle and basically warning so many people of what is coming down the line. And I agree, but with us facing a cliff. But it is not the first time this country's faced a cliff. And yes, there may be blood. But I mean, when I look back to the founding of what was the closest thing to a constitutional party up until recently, and the Republican Party was forged in the fires of that horrible time so i mean i think there's a lot of people who it's not so much that we want to see everything burned down it's that we are aware that to make a change in oneself that there is hardship and i think that you are doing a great job in warning people of what is coming because both both hillary and clinton uh clinton or sorry both hillary and trump are just demagogues and authoritarian monsters, in my opinion. And but tell even, me how you really the, feel, Mason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but even the candidate that I'm voting for, I appreciate the fact that you have raked everyone over the coals in regards to where do you really stand in regards to the Constitution. What do you? Re- I mean, I know I don't, I don't think you and I agree on who to vote for, but I really appreciate the fact that you you don't pull your punches. And there's no one left, honestly, who's doing that. There's, they've all bought in to somebody, and you don't. And I really appreciate that. I just hope that 
that if and when the dark times are coming, and I think they'll be coming when I'm of the age that I'm expected to make a stand, yes. that I am not found wanting. And I hope it is through my faith. And my only fear is I, I don't think I'm prepared enough, but I don't think anyone can be. Nope, so. nobody can be. You're on the right track. It's, uh, you know, um, Marcus Luttrell told me one day, uh, we were talking about torture, and I've never asked him about what he went through. I don't, I don't need him to relive it for my my viewing pleasure or my listening pleasure. So I've never asked mm-hmm. him. Um, but I did ask him, I said, or I, I made the statement, I said, you know, Marcus, I don't think I would make it under torture. I just don't think I would make it two minutes under torture. And he said, Glenn, because you said that, you have a better chance of making it under torture. He said, but nobody does. And I said, what do you mean? He said, no one, there. everyone has a breaking point and you have different levels. And he said, the, the ones who break the fastest are the ones who say, I'm not worried about it. You're not going to break me. He said, those are typically the guys who break the fastest. The ones who have said, I don't know, and have really prepared for it. He said, those are the guys who hold out. But nobody can prepare for what they're going to do to you. So by saying, I'm not sure if I'm prepared for whatever life is going to bring me, you have a better chance of surviving it and thriving and being a leader through it um, because you're not arrogant. It's humility that gets you through. Mason, thanks so much. Uh, Melinda from, uh, from Pennsylvania, you're on the Glenbeck program. Hi, Glenn. Thanks for taking my call. I just wanted to say that I think you are less divisive than the rap you've gotten, and maybe you think you are. I am a liberal-turned-libertarian. And until the Aleppo debacle, uh, I thought Gary Johnson was our savior and realized he is not. Um, But I listen to you daily, and I may not always agree with your points of view, but I don't disagree as much as I thought I did in the past. And I just want to thank you for the job that you do, because you do bring people together and you do make good points that we should all come together and agree with one another where we can and stand together to become a stronger nation. You're doing a good job, Glenn. Thank you. I appreciate that. I don't know why I'm getting all these uh, nice calls, but um, I thank you for it. Let me let me ask you this. You were a liberal uh, and now you're libertarian. Did we just hang up on her or did she hang? We lost her. Oh, shoot. Well, if you get your cell phone back, I'd love to hear what your what your turning point uh, was. Let me go to Brad in Iowa. Hello, Brad. You're on the Glenbeck program. Hey, Glenn, how you doing today? Good. Good. Hey, the reason why I call is I think we make this way too complicated. I have a theory, and my theory is there's two types of people in this world. There's makers and they're takers. Now, what is Donald Trump? Is Donald Trump a maker or is Donald Trump a taker? I think he's a maker. Now, what is Hillary? (laughs) Is she a maker or is she a taker? We all know Hillary's a taker. Now, who do we want as a president or what do we want as a president? A maker or a taker? I mean, even by your own, you know, analysis, it depends on what your answers are. I mean, I, I mean, his, Donald Trump's entire fortune was built on him being a taker. Yeah, um, he is so. absolutely. Uh, was built on what? Was built on what? He, him he's being a taker. a taker. He's been taking he's taker. government money and, and, oh, and lining oh, up okay. government contracts, you know, I mean, this entire time. I mean, his big buildings were built in places where government funding went heavily 
Uh, you know, but again, like I, this argument's old at this point. I mean, but it, I think you're right. I mean, there is that element of if you think he is that guy that he he portrays himself as. I mean, I, I have no problem with people making that selection. It's just you know, it's just I'm not there. Good. Yeah. Well, I, I've known a lot of people that have been born to wealthy families, and the odds of them people retaining their wealth and building their wealth is less of a chance than losing their wealth. Most of the time, the people squander it away and they lose it. Sure. And uh, they ruin their lives, they ruin their children, everything by wealth. Sure, sure. And I, I've seen this man, you know, well, he's lost his wealth, but then he's gained it back again in time. Sure, sure. Um, mm-hmm. I, I really should think you should give him a, more of a chance. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate it. We've we've Brad, we've, we've given we've done that road a million times. Down that road, um, yeah, and I, I know you have. You know, I, so, but I, we have, we respect you yeah, for your definitely. point viewpoint, and um, we can understand how you can see it that way. And yeah, yeah. we appreciate that you're gonna you're gonna vote that way. So we have, I, we. I mean, I I I really don't watch your show that terrible much, and I'm I'm really surprised. I mean. I have listened to you over the years, on and off, very, very seldom. Mm-hmm. And, and you're uh, surprised that I you don't know me. Is, I think this you're missing such an opportunity, Glenn. I mean, of, of the things I've heard from you in the past, I don't know how long you've been on, 10 years or so? Even longer and, now, uh, longer than that. Just, late 40s. We've been on since the late 40s. <laughs> really? Okay, yeah. well. No. So, but, since 2000, I, but go ahead. But go I, ahead. I just think you're missing the opportunity of, of your lifetime to have you know, to, to do is, what is Donald, is Donald Trump a real Republican? No, he's not. Is he a real Democrat? No, he's not. He, he, he's totally against everything we stand for in the political parties, which right. is ruining our country. And you know that as well as I do. The two party process is destroying this nation and politicians, but, I mean, takers, 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 takers are destroying our nation. So I, I make, just just to make sure I understand, we have to choose one of these two people because the problem is at the two party system. Well, yeah, I guess kind of in essence we we got to choose someone. <laughs> don't we? Okay. You know, uh, I love you, man. I, I okay. guess, That's I, part I, of friends. I, I, I also consider myself a religious no, man. Who, who do you think we have the best chance of uh, our Lord and Savior molding into a person? bring our country out oh my definitely the two corinthians oh guy. my gosh that guy I, would be number one I, on that list. I cannot guess what the lord could do in <laughs> anyone's life the I, lord i'm not i'm not going to say the sweet meteor i, I am certainly that. not going to be the one that says the lord can only mold donald trump and cannot use hillary clinton i I I'm not going there. I mean, he could there. use either one of them if that was his plan, right? right? I, well, I, I, I guess, use either I one of them. Gotta, I guess we got. And he'd probably he go with the one with one. more experience. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I, no, I I I can't go there with you, Brad. Brad, thank you so yeah, much for calling. Thank you for taking the time. And uh, I appreciate it. I, look, I, it's an interesting, uh, you know, it's an interesting <laughs> viewpoint into that mind. I mean, I, mindset. I, I think, yeah. uh, you know, to wow, say that contradictory, but it's interesting. I mean, that's the mindset. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, don't judge. Don't judge. Don't judge contradiction. Of course, yeah, you no, can. no, 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 no. I'm saying, don't judge. But let me ask you, mm-hmm. which one, Jesus? Which one can Jesus yes. use? Well, right. I don't know. I don't know right. their souls. I don't know. I, I know he could do anything with anyone. How powerless is your God if he can only use one of these two? Of course, he can use either. I mean, I, I, I just go to Romans eight twenty eight. All things will work for his purposes. 
all things. So uh, it, it's really which is the which is the right road that will do us cause us the greatest amount of learning and well, shaping us into the people we're supposed to be. It doesn't matter if we elected an elf. It doesn't matter. It's going to be used for God's purposes. And God is much more than, uh, you know, which bill is passing and which bill is not. Much more than that. Well, he is good. all about saving our souls. He's about the Supreme Court justice. Yeah. That's <laughs> 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 the main deal right there. <laughs> okay, now this. Uh, the U.S. equity markets have gone nowhere fast since the start of uh, September. Large speculators were short in a net position of 2,200 contracts. The rate of decline in sentiment over the last six weeks is the fastest since 2011. So what that means is big, big investors are shorting the stock market, anticipating a decline. Well, you can be part of the solution, and you can make sure that your portfolio is um, diversified. Do your own homework. You're smart enough to figure this out. Get the facts and consider gold. Now, I'm not talking about taking all your money out of anything and putting it all in gold. That is foolishness. What I'm talking about is if you have savings, 10% of your savings should be in something that is physical like gold that you can hold in your hand. Call Goldline today, 1-866-GOLDLINE, 1-866-GOLDLINE. Buy with confidence with their price guarantee program. Ask them about your IRA or your 401k. You'd be surprised how much of your retirement you can actually move and put into physical gold. Call them for all of the details uh, and read their important risk information, 866-465-3546, 866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. The article on me and Rolling Stone just came out, and we just read the first few paragraphs. I'm waiting for the shoe to drop. Uh, So far, it's okay. Uh, I see things differently, but I would expect the Rolling Stone sees things differently than I do. Um, But so far, I haven't seen anything that I... Have you heard anything that you think is... Uh Uh-uh. No. It's better than I expected. Yeah. So far. I mean, yeah. it, it could still get ugly. How, how long is it? I don't know. I haven't scrolled down that far. Long. If his world is about to collapse around him, you sure wouldn't know it about how he appears today. His eyes are startlingly blue, clear, and as usual, they seem swollen with sincerity. His beige trousers are primed, uh, primly pressed and creased. His forehead is more lightly ruffled with concerns than deeply corrugated. He's possessed... He's possessed of a kindly, grandfatherly, Mr. Rogers-like quality that wrapped around him like a goose-down quilt. Um, uh, In 2010, a Gallup poll revealed that Americans admired him more than they did the Pope. But those days are gone. (laughs) Back in just a second. More on tonight's debate coming up. The Glenn Beck Program. 
Hello, America, and welcome to the program. Let's talk. Let's talk about WikiLeaks. Let's talk about a guy who could have been president and what he said about WikiLeaks and the debate tonight. We begin there right now. of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Welcome to the program. Let's talk a little bit about Marco Rubio and what he said about WikiLeaks. Uh, Statement to NBC, he says, I will not discuss any issue that has become public solely on the basis of WikiLeaks. As our intelligence agencies have said, these leaks are an effort by a foreign government to interfere with our electoral process, and I will not indulge it. Further, I want to warn my fellow Republicans who might want to capitalize politically on these leaks. Today it is the Democrats. Tomorrow it could be us. Now, of course, the Bush administration, I mean, that was the WikiLeaks' first thing they did was attack the Bush administration. So it already has been the Republicans at some level. And I think that part of the statement, you know, look, today it's the Democrats, tomorrow it could be us, appeals to probably the most people. But I think it appeals least to me. Uh, that's certainly true. I got to say, though, I mean, it is an interesting point in that we know that, you know, or at least we think we know that this is coming from a foreign government. But even that part of it is, is, is less of the impact of that statement. To me, I think it's a good point in that it's probably just the wrong thing to do. I, I mean, discussing these things, and I, I understand this is not going to be popular, Discussing stolen documents, mm-hmm. um, things that were stolen from private conversations, mm-hmm. and discussing them as um, uh, election issues is probably just wrong to do. And I will admit this, that I it may just be I'm able to see this because I don't like either of the candidates. Uh, you know, like maybe if Ted Cruz was the guy and, you know, Ted Cruz was in a tight election battle, maybe I'd be all over this. I, I admit that I'm, I'm a weak enough idiot that I probably would, under, you know, be a, down that road. I hope I would not. Um, but, I mean, I just I don't look, think you would be. I hope not. Um, let me ask you this. It doesn't feel like that. I mean, and I think there's a distinction this. between this and, let's say, Edward Snowden, who's trying to be a whistleblower on his own government. And you can argue whether he's bad as well, and we've had that argument many times. I think there's a difference there. Um, you know, this is just I, I, stolen from a foreign government and leaked. And again, none of this stuff, is, it's just like leaked internal questioning of issues. And I don't know. I mean, it feels now, like uh, here's it, here's where I have a problem with with the WikiLeaks things. We are discussing them um, and we don't know what's true or not. We do know that one of the WikiLeaks um, emails that came out was changed by the government, right? Remember you talked to us about that last week? That there was one email that was quoting an article that actually had right. an article in the original. Right, and they blamed uh, the, the Democrats, and in reality, it, they were quoting an article that right. was favorable to Republicans. Correct. So they were basically saying, like, behind, I don't remember the exact issue, I think it was Benghazi-related, but it was basically, like, it was acting as if the Democrats behind closed doors knew Hillary was responsible for Benghazi, when in reality they had sent an article that mentioned something about that. 
right. uh, internally to and like so discuss it. We know at least one of them has been doctored. How do we how do we know that, Stu? I don't oh, remember this. It story. was the how do we know author this? of the column saw the email exchange and went, wait a minute, that's not their words. Those are my words. I wrote that. Okay. And went back. And by the way, the author was critical uh, of Republicans about their handling of Benghazi. It wasn't even a pro-Republican article uh, that was sent. It just had one paragraph that said, look, this is a fair issue to bring up, essentially, if I remember all of it. So, um, uh, So we know that one thing has been changed out of how many thousands of documents. We don't know what's true and what's not coming from them. Um. What Edward Snowden did, I'm really torn because every time I talk to anybody in the intelligence community that I respect, they say there's no way that he tried to go through the system. There's no way. And what I keep going back to is if you tried to go through the system, if you tried to stop it and nobody would listen, then I agree. Now, I give him the benefit of the doubt because we know four whistleblowers who tried to go through the system. I know three or five whistleblowers, I don't know them on first-name basis, that tried to show us the corruption in the Department of Homeland Security, and they are afraid for their jobs right now, okay? Uh, and that was involving a lawsuit that I was in. Those three or five whistleblowers that provided us with information tried to do it the right way. They could not get any movement and then the, the top of the State Department started looking for them, and they were on a weasel hunt, okay? So I give Edward Snowden the benefit of the doubt that this was important constitutional stuff that w- our own government was violating. That's not the same as WikiLeaks. This is just a document dump. And you'll notice that they haven't documented they haven't documented dump, dumped anything on Russia, nothing on enemies of ours, only our allies and us, and trying to hurt us with our allies. I don't trust Julian Assange or WikiLeaks at all, and for us to give them credibility is bad. Is really really bad now. Do I believe most of the stuff that has come through? Yeah, I do. I do. The latest is the thing on, you know, what Hillary is saying behind the scenes about how she wants to scrap Obamacare and start over. I believe that. Bill Clinton has said that, that it doesn't work. Obamacare doesn't work. Hillary would rather do her own Hillary care and be the one who is the savior that fixed it. He got it. He did the hard work. He had it. Now let her fix it. I absolutely believe that. And that was one of the things that came out in WikiLeaks. But that's not a national uh, um, uh, secret. That is not something that is constitutional. You know what I mean? It, It is just behind the scenes. And I don't like the fact that somebody that we can't check the, um, the credibility on, we don't know what they're putting, and they're putting thousands of documents out. I don't, I'm not comfortable with this. It's not right. Yeah, I mean, I just, it's, it's because my initial instinct, I mean, we've talked about the WikiLeaks emails. I mean, I, I have a story I put in the prep today about, uh, which I think is interesting, the, uh, their uh, 
the shortlist for the VPs for Hillary Clinton. And they have every single name on there. And they've broken into categories. And it's interesting I, is to look at this. I mean, the books that will be written about this election will be more detailed probably than any book about any previous election because there's so much information about what these guys were thinking at the times these decisions were made. But I mean, I, so my instinct was, you know, look, every, and plus it's in the media. Everyone's talking about it. I'm not hiding it. I'm not doing so what'd it. you learn about that from that list? Well, I mean, not just violating. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, the, it's interesting because they categor they, they played identity politics without going into all the details, but like they thought the same way you'd think Democrats would think about their VP choice. Here's a bunch of black people. Here's a bunch of women. Here's a bunch of people who, uh, you know, Hispanics. Here's a bunch of people who were in the military. Here's a bunch of people, you know, like they broke it into categories like that. It's not And they ignored all that and went with a white guy. What a bunch of racists. Yeah, exactly. What a bunch of racists. And they had a white guy category. Okay. (laughs) Which, I mean, look. Who else was on the white guy category? I don't know what to say. I mean, I can look at it. I mean, Who was on the black guy category? Is it not? Am I not violating? Yes, I think you are. This is new information to me. I I will say I haven't processed the Rubio thing. The Rubio thing, and this goes back to the conversation we had with Stephen Crowder. The Rubio thing challenged what I thought. Mm -hmm. I I, honestly, I had not really considered it because we're in the heat of the election and these things are out there and I want to know the information and it was there. And that was basically the amount of thought I put into it. And while I, I agree, uh, they should the Russians should not be trying to uh, influence our election process. I hadn't given a thought of like maybe we shouldn't even be reporting on this stuff. I don't know. Maybe I, I, you could probably talk me into the opposite. My what, what's what's conf- what's made me think worry about today, that tomorrow. What's in this one right, today? Right. What's made me think today is that it just feels kind of morally wrong. I mean, I, I like these were stolen from these people. Like, and, and while I don't like the people they were stolen from, they were stolen from these people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, while I, I don't want to sit, stick my head in the sand and maybe you have a right to be secure in your papers and your person. Right. I mean, if this had happened to a candidate that I liked, uh, I, I, I would be furious about it. And, you know, just because it's a candidate I don't like. Uh, you know, I, I'm supposed to embrace it. I, I don't know. I, it doesn't. This is not espionage. This is espionage on a on not a government entity. This is a private corporation. Mm-hmm. The, the the DNC and the RNC they're private institutions. It's not a government institution. So nobody has a right. It's like breaking into IBM or Apple and just releasing all their documents. You don't have a right to do that. I don't have right? a right. I, I mean, I, I'm trying to challenge myself on this. And, and the I, only reason why, if you were pitted against, if you were Microsoft versus Apple, and somebody who hated Apple and was in favor of Microsoft broke in to Apple, and you thought Steve Jobs was a great guy, and they released all the stuff that Steve Jobs was doing with the government, which they are, the government where he is, he is, um, uh, he started his, you know, his lobbying firm. Uh, he is wickedly involved in politics and deeply or was deeply involved in, in making sure the laws work to Apple's favor. Um, he was putting himself in li- ahead of a line about getting a kidney transplant. That's not right. Can't do that. But if we would have just, somebody would have gone in that was pro-Microsoft and then dumped everything bad about Steve Jobs and Apple, would we be okay with that? We might be 
because we'd be like, ah, Steve Jobs and that leftist, he finally gets his. Does that make it better? <laughs> right. Again, it doesn't. And this is your fault, uh, Glenn, because you've been talking about principles all day. Um, but I mean, you think about that. I mean, from a principle perspective, I probably shouldn't probably shouldn't be. Now, I don't know. I, look, I mean, look, it's going to be out there anyway. I mean, if you want it, you can get it. Right. Yeah. But the question is, do we play into that? And I don't know. Maybe the answer to that is no. Well, here's know. the problem of playing into it. Or maybe the answer is yes. Right. Could maybe. Be. I, I don't know. What do you think? What do you think? I don't know. I, I honestly, until this moment, haven't even considered it. Right. Isn't that amazing that we it. haven't? Right. That nobody has brought this up. This is a pretty big principle. You have a right to be secure in your papers, and it's a private These institution. These are papers. These are digital. Uh, yeah, you have a right to your private thoughts and correspondence. You have a right to that. They, uh, it, couldn't, they couldn't foresee email. They I know, I know. <laughs> Thank you. So, so how, we, how we are just going ahead and being fine with it, we're only fine with it because we're on teams. Yeah, I, I don't know. And we think they're know. all so corrupt. That's for sure. Transparency won't, won't hurt. There's really no one to call this out, right? Like, I, you know, um, it's like stealing from a rich person. They're so rich it won't matter. Right. Well, just because we don't like them doesn't mean that their privacy doesn't matter. That's still constitutional and it's still a moral issue, and we should still abide by principles and values. What if they have we billions? preach about all the what if time. They have billions. Well, if they have billions, you could probably take. See, my, feel- my feeling on this is this is where I draw the line on Edward Snowden. What Edward Snowden showed us was they are violating the Constitution of the United States. Yes. They are breaking the law. So it's a whistleblower to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I'm torn on whether or not he did it the right way. I don't think he did. But the information is important because it broke the law. Definitely. None of this is law-breaking. So, well, you know, there's some stuff in there that could be uh, potential. And release the law-breaking stuff, possibly. Right. Possibly. You would have a better chance of being on the moral right side if it was law-breaking stuff. But just to release people's private emails is absolutely morally reprehensible. And the the issue is, and, you know, I I give Rubio credit because he's in a tough spot there. uh, And I think he looks at him. Right. I mean, it's not going to help him. Uh, He he is a guy who takes uh, the the, the world foreign affairs very seriously. So I think his motivation, I think, centrally, probably, is that he just, wait a minute, we're not going to let the Russians invader election process and that's a good reason i got news for you it'd be an act of war at any other time in our at any history. other time and i think right now you have a, you have an issue of really neither side has it has uh the ability to come out and call this out one trump supporters and republicans are want this information i mean there was a republican congressman a republican congressman who came out and said thank god for wikileaks I mean, think about this this is the russians hacking our election process and a republican congressman said, thank God for WikiLeaks. On the other side, the Democrats have been doing the same thing forever. They used all of this information the same way when it benefited them, so they have no standing. Not to mention, the Clinton campaign has no uh, incentive to draw attention to this, right? The last thing they want to do is, I mean, because it's a losing argument for them, right? Them coming out and saying, look, well, they shouldn't have those private emails. I mean, that, it doesn't matter. It's a losing argument for them. They can say that, and it's probably true, but it's a losing argument. So there's really no one with an incentive to come out and say this. And, and, I, you know, and I hope that's, again, this is why you come to this show, I hope. You come to the show because you want someone who, you know, a show that's going to not care about those lines. So here's the, here's the real answer. The real answer um, should be that 
we make our own decision whether or not, and then we consistently apply it because everything's going to be transparent. In the years ahead, everything, there's not going to be any secrets. So do I mean, you look point. into people's private secrets or not? That's the hope. The answer right? is no, you don't. The government, though, but that's the hope of government, right? That fishbowl mentality. No, that, no, I think the hope of the government is, is that you'll react at some point and say, I want you to clamp down on this, and so they will. And then they have control, and they are the only ones that can look into people's secrets. Now this, a uh, report reveals that government agency discovered Social Security numbers of more than a million Americans stolen by identity thieves, but the victims were never informed. LifeLock will inform you immediately. I just got a LifeLock alert two days ago. I apparently uh, took my Amex card and was getting, a, getting taxis in Singapore on Monday. Huh. Didn't know Huh. Didn't know that, but I hope I enjoyed Singapore. Uh, you didn't get we, alert, alert today at all, did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, strangely, I was at the 7-Eleven that you use. Oh, um, if you're a LifeLock member, you become a victim of identity theft. Their U.S.-based team will help resolve your case. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft, monitor all transactions at all businesses. But with LifeLock, you have the best protection. Memberships start at $9.99 a month, plus the sales tax. LifeLock.com. Call 800-440-4936. Use the promo code BECK for 10% off your LifeLock Ultimate Membership. It's 1-800-440-4936. LifeLock.com. Promo code BECK. 1-800-440-4936. Glenn Beck. Listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. The Glenn Beck Program. Eight 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 seven two seven Beck. All right. So what do you think is going to happen tonight? Uh, usually the third debates are the ones that make the least impact. People really get worked up over the first one. Second one is kind of the chance for whoever lost it to come back. Third one is usually kind of gets lost, it seems like. Um, you know, I don't, I, I mean, I, w- I feel like you'll probably see uh, something from Hillary that we're not expecting. I mean, my, you know, one of the ones I expect, the line I expect today is, um, even Howard Stern said this wasn't locker room talk. Right. That is, Howard Stern was on the air after this all broke and said, look, I've been in a million locker rooms. I've, you know, I've talked with guys, all, not he didn't say locker rooms, but I've talked with guys all the time. And he talks about the P word, he, his words. We talk about P all the time. Uh, however, I've never heard anyone say, I'd walk up to him and just grab them like that. I've never heard anyone speak like that. Howard Stern says he's never heard anyone speak like that. So I would assume... Hillary Clinton is going to take advantage of that moment uh, at some point tonight. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know what Trump is going to do. His friends at the National Enquirer are making all sorts of crazy accusations against Hillary. Maybe he'll go there. I don't know. Well, they try, right? I mean, Chris Wallace is the moderator, so Chris will be hopefully be able to try to reel him in a little bit. I will say, Chris, I, this is a 
it, it, it's interesting because Hillary probably thinks she's in a really good spot, which, by the way, she is. I mean, she's right. At, uh, right. right now, some of these models are showing only an 8% chance of Donald Trump winning this election. Uh, uh, but I would say that, you know, I would be surprised if Chris Wallace doesn't go after Hillary a little bit. I hope so. Make her answer Because he tries to be, as, I mean, I don't know that he makes it all the time, but he tries to really do a fair job. He does say that he's not going to be a, a fact checker in the middle of the election, or in the middle of the right. debate. So maybe it won't be fireworks. But Trump's got to do something. He... The onus is on him to make a move here. We'll see if it happens. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Welcome to the program. Let's go to John in Louisiana. Hello, John. You're on the Glenbeck program talking about WikiLeaks and the releases of uh, the uh, emails. Yeah, well, the, my question is, is all the computer hacking that had been done to receive all these emails, were they done from the Pentagon server or were they done from somebody who may have placed them on a non-secured server? No, the uh, emails that we're talking about are generally coming from the DNC. No, these are John. No, it's not even. It's John Podesta's personal Gmail account. In other words, this is still not a secured serve, though. Right, but there's well, just, no. It's, it's a, a guy it's a private campaign. It's a private. It's like going into your Gmail account and just dumping all the stuff that you wrote in your in your uh, Gmail account. It was. It was. You're correct. Not secure. I mean, Gmail's fairly secure, obviously. But I mean, it's not secure. It's just. It, it's also not government business. It's private. It's I mean, private. It's a private uh, industry, and it's a private citizen. No one is saying that those emails should be on the government server. Now, some of them wind up being emailed, I think, to people in the government, and those were stored on the government server. But, I mean, generally speaking, him talking to some other campaign operative would not be the government's business. And, uh, by the way, that's correct. I mean, we don't, we, we don't want that standard to be set. Right. That campaigns can't strategize outside of the government purview. That's not correct either. Well, no, I'm, what, I'm, what I mean is, is some of these emails that should have been government documents, uh, they shouldn't have been on that server to begin with. Now, no, I yeah. don't want no one's servers to be hacked at all. Right. Hang on just a sec. We are, we are with you on the State Department stuff. Yeah. Anything that is confidential on the State Department, that is her fault. She should not have had that on the, a, a private server that was unsecured. That should have been on the State Department server. So we're not talking about those emails, although there are the three categories as I see it. One... Um, uh, the first leaks with uh, what's his name, where he goes in and and he takes and exposes the NSA for what he's doing. What's Snowden. his name? Uh, Snowden. That's that's level one. That's one thing that you have to discuss. The next one is Hillary Clinton. She puts all these classified emails out. Should we even be seeing those classified emails, or should those emails just be going to the government so the government can say? Uh, yes or no, those are classified or not. We have, to, we have to hope the government is doing government business right? Right. Without, under, the, uh, under our watchful eye of every little right, thing. Right, but they're know, not. 
They're not. So, you know, that, that's another level of the top secret argument of secrets, state secrets that should not be released. This is the third level. This is private servers, private people, and a private, like the, the RNC is a private organization. They have nothing to do with the government. They're not a government entity. And so is the DNC. It is a private organization, private entity with private individuals. And so none of those exchanges should be on government servers. We don't want to mix the two. Now, this is what we're talking about are should private emails from private citizens and private entities, should WikiLeaks, should we be celebrating that WikiLeaks can go in and just take them and just expose people for what they're saying? Not necessarily illegal things, but just their daily thoughts. Absolutely not. John? No, no, and I agree with you. You should not be able to do that. At the same time, we I was listening, you were questioning your morality. At this point in time, if you want to have any type of crackdown, my question is, is the State Department and all those involved in the other category where all these government documentations have been sent? Yes. Why are we not prosecuting that to show at least... Agree with you 100%. So I think we're on the same page. That when it comes to WikiLeaks on the, on the uh, state-run servers, everyone should be prosecuted. Everyone should be held. I mean, the guy took six pictures for his kids of where he worked on the submarine with nothing top secret on it. He's going to prison for a year. I mean, that's ridiculous. Um, and, but the rules are the rules. Well, if that's true then you have to apply those rules for everyone who, who aided and abetted Hillary Clinton, including Hillary Clinton, doing the private server and, and having these private email or um, top secret emails on her private server. They should all go to jail. Would you agree with that? I agree. Now, Glenn, the reason why I brought this up is because the whole Benghazi thing. Yes. And my question is, is Glenn, you've got children, right? Yes. How much is your children worth? More than I can pay. I'm sorry? More than I'm willing to pay. Now, my question is, if what has been said by the troops that were there in Benghazi, yes, if all these statements are true, and we're going to assume that they're true. I agree they are. Ms. Clinton dropped the ball on all this. She is liable for all these people's children that yes, have been soldiers and served our country. She is, she is more than that. You remember, John, if, uh, you, you just said you, 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 I got the impression that you're, you're not necessarily a regular listener. So let me help you out on something. Three or four days after Benghazi happened, while everybody was still arguing about the film, my crew put together enough facts to say, Um, Hillary Clinton, the State Department, was running guns through Turkey into Syria to arm the rebels. We didn't name them ISIS yet because they weren't named ISIS. They were in there trying to clean up all of the arms that we had shipped to the rebels in Libya. We were trying to get our American guns back. That's why he was there, and that's why nobody wants to look into it. And that's why she couldn't have anybody send the troops in because there was too much cleanup to do. And so we couldn't have anyone expose what the State Department was doing. 
I personally, that's what I said four days or three or four days after the Benghazi incident. All of that has turned out to be true now. And beyond that, I believe Benghazi, for me, was the biggest turning point in our history. We went from a country that never leaves a man behind to a country that listens to them cry out for help on the radio and puts a gun to good men's heads and says, do nothing about it. It was wrong. It says the wrong precedent. She has no moral qualification to be president and commander-in-chief. I'm 100% with you, Glenn. My, my idea or my driving was is if we can't um, if we can't pinpoint them with facts and get these people who are liable, I don't care whose office they are, because apparently they're getting away with murder, and I mean that literally. Yes. Then I have to come at them from another direction. How much is your children worth? Because these were people's children. Now, when is America going to take enough crap and say, hey, these are our children? They grew up, defended our country, our way of life, Mm -hmm. died, not because they had to, but because someone, and I'm not, we can all get into names, but I'm not going to do it, but because someone (laughs) or some office was neglectful, lazy, or did not care except for their own beneficial gain. And then I come back to, how much are your children's lives worth? Well, John, I, I appreciate it, and I think you've made a very good point. Um, and the, the answer to your question is, I don't think, um, not now, uh, you have half the country that doesn't care about Benghazi. They don't want to hear about Benghazi. They don't want to learn about Benghazi. They never want to be reminded about Benghazi, at least half the country. So when are we going to say enough is enough? Well, not now. Not now, because America hasn't fallen on hard enough times to have a consensus on that. Right now, the only ones that care about it are the ones who have that in their feed. And that's, unfortunately, that's all they're getting in their feed is that. They're not getting the other side of the story, uh, not the Benghazi story, about, but your other choices. Um, you're not hearing the bad side about your side and vice versa. Nobody's, everybody on the, on the left is hearing about all the bad stuff about Trump and they're not hearing nor do they want to hear anything bad about Hillary. They just want to live in their blind little world. And so we are growing farther and farther apart from each other and we are not even agreeing on facts anymore. And when we do have facts, we argue on whether they mean it, whether the truth even means anything anymore. And it doesn't. And until the truth is restored, what you're going to have to do is up your game. And you're going to have to say, I'm going to be the arbiter of truth and facts, and you will do it my way. Well, that takes a strong man to take half the country because half the country isn't there. Now, you can either find a way to start penetrating people's hearts which we're not doing right now. We're, we're going into our own little caves and we're only talking to our own echo chamber. The left does it and the right is doing it. And we can either continue to do that and make our tribe stronger and angrier. Let's do that. That's fun. Right? It's fun. It's and then really go fun. get the other camp. Yep. 
Or we can say, let's find the reasonable people on the other side that we can talk to. Uh, We don't want to do that. I'm watching, have you ever watched the show The 100? You've watched that. Yeah, I think I told you about it. Okay, so Rafe and I have been watching the show 100, and uh, and they have this situation where the two camps are not listening to each other. Uh, There's a few people in each camp that know, no, 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 that's a misunderstanding. No, 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 that's not what the people think. Mm-hmm. But the leadership is so hell-bent on their own power, mm-hmm. their own control, and vengeance that they're convincing everyone, kill them. It's an interesting and both sides are doing perspective it. Because it that happens all through the show. And so you've got all of these little intrigues that people are doing the right thing for the wrong reason or vice versa. Yep. A lot. And that's what we're doing in real life. Right. And you know what's amazing in the show is it's the same people making the same mistakes yeah. over and over and over again. Right. And you think Which to yourself. Which is what we see. You see it over and over again. Over and, and over. And we see, wait a minute, guys, group, did you not realize this guy who's talking to you now was just horribly wrong last week? <laughs> and he's doing it to you again. Nope. They don't get it. And it's so and you true. Think, how do you not see it? Right. And then you realize we're in that exact, exact same way. And it's anger and vengeance and distrust. Yep. They don't have anything to believe in. And so one guy steps up or one group steps up and says, get them. You can't trust them. And the people who are the reasonable ones are usually the ones locked up. The reasonable ones on both sides that are like, okay, guys, we have got to work together. And those are the ones that both sides turn against and say, you traitors. No, we're not. You guys have become unhinged. You're making soup recipes with her as the main ingredient. I think you're the unhinged one. Oh, it depends on how good the soup is, really. I mean, that's uh, (laughs) clearly it's a a taste issue. I mean, everyone has their preferences. And the interesting thing is, that's what led to the destruction of the planet in the first place. Yes. And they're doing it all over again. Yeah. Repeating the whole pattern. I mean, it's really, all over again. I mean, it's the same story over and over again in all stories, how stupid people are when they're afraid mm-hmm. and when they feel they're losing something, uh, they make the same mistake yep. over and over again. Yep. And, uh, and, and we, we just don't see it. Built into us and we just won't go against it. And now this... When it comes to safety of your family and your home, you can choose complicated, expensive, long-term contracts, and you can be safe like that, or you can be simply safe. Simply Safe is a home security system that gets you the best protection. It's the protection that my daughter has uh, in her home. Um, I'm not going to put something in my daughter's home, or I'm, I would look at something in her home and go, uh, no, that's not really a good idea. I want my daughter safe just like you want your daughter safe. I want my family safe just like you want your family safe. So what security system can you have? Well, Simply Safe is the new way to do it. It's easy to install, easy to install. I mean, how many old Columbos do you have to watch before you realize all they do is they cut the wires? And <laughs> there's no wires here. Um, it's completely wireless. You can use this for your uh, home, you can use this for your business. Uh, police departments are using this now in sting operations to try. They set houses up for people to go and rob, and they're using Simply Safe to catch them. Protect your home the smart way. Wireless, you own the technology. You don't continue to pay for it. Uh, and at $14.99 a month, it's affordable, and there's no contract. 
Go to simplysafebeck.com. Get your free keychain worth $25. It's a remote on your keychain. And free shipping on your order at simplysafebeck.com. It's simplysafebeck.com. Go there now. Glenn Beck Program. 888-727-BECK. Mercury. how hypocritical this is, but let me break my WikiLeaks rule immediately after me. Well, that lasted a long time. <laughs> I know. That lasted a long time. Email from Hillary Clinton to John Podesta. Writes about uh, the 2008 recession had made the global economy, uh, it has become truly that, global. Uh, cultures and economics are inter- intertwined, and it's time that we must work with each other for the benefit of all. My concern is that the negligence of a few will adversely affect the majority. In this case, the solution is clear. We have to leave borders behind Mm. and go for global unity when it comes to financial stability. This is what I'm saying. She's so horrible. No kidding. You got to... You got to vote for Trump. Now, the future depends on a cohesive global economy. Oh boy. This and is- all of us must work together towards that very significant common goal. This is the, from the WikiLeaks, blah, blah, blah. WikiLeaks, blah, 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 Hillary Clinton, uh, John Podesta. That almost makes you want to vote for Trump. Mm. Sure does. It does. Until I tell you that is not from WikiLeaks, but it is something Donald Trump wrote in 2013. Oh, wait. 2013? Yeah. Oh, he's so committed. It's another oh, century so ago, committed. right? He's so committed to being, to building a big, beautiful wall. That you don't have borders. Pay for. If you don't have a border, you don't have a country. Right. Think about this. Three years ago, he was saying leave borders behind. You have to leave borders behind to go for global unity. Oh, my gosh. I mean, But we're man. supposed to believe everything he says now. Give up. Stop it. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.